0: Welcome to Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jodi Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hi, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Today's topic is going to be super juicy. I am so excited to have Misty Jane on the podcast. She is a fellow podcast host and money coach for hairstylists. Welcome, Misty. Hi, Jody. How are you? I am so good. Is it Misty or Misty Jane? Which do you prefer? Misty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well,
1: just it, sure it doesn't I'm not matter talking. either way.
0: Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Do you want to tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? I would love more of an in-depth intro into how you got into what you're doing now. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I worked behind the chair for 17 years. I went from 14 years in a commission salon to going into my own suite. And before I went into my own suite, I was kind of a hot mess with my finances. Like, I had a shit ton of debt. I really didn't know where my money was going. I always would buy the things that I wanted to buy, but I never felt like I could have those long term things that I saw that other people had, or that I just, it, they just felt like something because I was a hairstylist, like I couldn't have those things. Right. So, right around the time I had my son, who is now six, my husband and I decided something had to change. So, we got our financial shit together. We paid off all of our debt. We started saving. And next thing you know, we had all of those things that we thought we could never have were all of a sudden our reality. So I realized when I would tell that story, the longer version of that story to other hairstylists, I realized that, that what I had learned through that process, which, which felt like common sense to me as you're learning it, wasn't. Like people didn't really understand how to manage their money, or they always were living paycheck to paycheck and, and didn't understand how to get out of it, or felt like that was just always like what their destiny was. So in the in 2020, I went. I had a friend of mine who owns a salon asked me to come and teach a class, and about that, like just come and talk with with her people, and it was great. And I left feeling like holy shit, like. This is one, this is so needed. Two, like it just lit me up because the topic of money and managing your finances and your personal life is literally life-changing. And it's really not that hard.
0: So it's yeah. Yeah. So now I help That's stylists figure that out. That's <laughs> amazing. And I think it's really um cool that you come at it from the from the angle of personal finance, because, you know, sometimes even if we're super, super organized in like business finance, it doesn't necessarily translate. I know for like a lot of suite owners and all that, like you're, you know, you get it all together and you're making sure you're putting away for taxes and all that stuff. But then when it comes to your personal life, it's just kind of like, there's no organization. So when you went through the process, like what, how did you find the resources to get yourself from you know, the position of having a lot of debt and all that stuff into getting your financial shit together. Like what did that process look like for you?
1: So I had heard about Dave Ramsey because who hasn't? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy the book. I'm just going to get it. Right. So I bought the book. It came with like a DVD or whatever. And I read it. And now I am not a religious person. Dave Ramsey is an old Bald religious man. So there's a lot of things in there that did not really resonate with me, you know? But it was the money stuff that I was like, huh? Like, nobody ever taught me this shit. Like, nobody ever taught me to spend less than you make, which sounds so simple, right? It sounds like everyone should know that. But I didn't. My mom used to tell me all the time, I love you, mom, but <laughs> used to tell me all the time, you know, if you have good credit, you can buy anything. And that's how I lived. Like I have good credit, so I can just charge it. If I can pay the minimum payment, it, I'm fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I, so I read that book and I watched the video and I had this realization of, oh my God, like loans and credit cards are a product like they are making money off of me and i it blew my mind at 30 years mm-hmm. old like i had i just i just thought you had to do these things so yeah. through our journey we took a lot of his principles Dave Ramsey's principles but we switched things up a bit because there's a lot of restrictiveness to the to what he teaches and i think that that can be really hard to maintain especially yeah. for some people like for example we would set goals where when we would hit these certain goals and they weren't – they didn't have to be big. They didn't have to be paying off all of the debt or things like that. They could be small ones. We would go to a really nice dinner, you know, or when we paid off all of our credit cards, we we went to Mexico. Like, you know, we would like do it in a way that felt good to us because the first mm-hmm. three months we were real strict. Like we did it by the – but we put fucking cash in an envelope and took it to the grocery store. Yeah. Like, I could not maintain that. Like I would have given up. So that's kind of how it got started. And then we just kind of learned various ways because the principle is still there, right? Like the principle of, you know, spending the money that you actually have and not borrowing money, you know, to get things that you probably don't need in the first place.
0: (laughs) That's so true because like how many times I know like in my early 20s, I – You know, I think I was probably 22. And within like a six month period, I got like, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. I was getting all these like, pre approved credit cards in the mail. And I was the same as you. I was like, Oh, sweet. Like if I could afford to make the minimum payment, that's good to go. And like the credit card debt was there long after the stuff that I bought was gone. So it's just this constant reminder. And I think a lot of the time we don't think of when you buy stuff with credit and then you're not paying it off, like how much is that actually costing you in the long run? Would you buy a $20 shirt if you knew it was going to cost you $200 by the time you're done with all the interest and stuff? That's something I never, ever thought about when I was younger.
1: Exactly. Because, I mean, you're paying extra for the convenience of having it before you can afford it, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think what I didn't realize either is those bills, those credit card bills, our car payment bills, like all of those bills, like when that shit's paid off, those bills are gone. So like <laughs> when we paid everything off, we were paying – now we it, we didn't start out this way. Like when you go through the journey, depending on how long it takes, like you're more than likely going to make more money along the way or kind of what I like to call find more money, you know, things that you were paying mm-hmm. for that you didn't need, stuff like that. So when we first started – we were putting maybe, you know, maybe $1,500 towards all of the the things we were trying to pay off. But by the end, you know, we were putting like over $2,500 towards paying off our stuff. And when it was paid off,
0: that money was in our pocket. And it was like yes. mind-blowing. Such a good way of looking at it too because I think sometimes it's like this austerity thing, right? Where we're like, oh, like – you know, you think, well, if I'm paying off, like, I think people, I don't know how to phrase this. But like, I think that people think when they're going to pay off debt and all this stuff that it's like, okay, now I have to be this like super pious, like non spender that never buys anything I want. And I think it kind of goes back to that like short term sacrifice. And then in the long term, like the difference in your lifestyle, like $2,500 a month, that is a lot of money. That's like a vacation a month. If you You know what I mean? A weekend away per month, if not more. So I think if people can look at the change in their lifestyle after the sacrifice, maybe that makes it a little easier to swallow.
1: It's so true. Well, people think too much of what they're going to lose, they don't think about what they're going to gain in the process. And it's really not even about not spending money, it's about not wasting money. Because with my one-on-one clients, the first thing I have them do is go through their bank accounts and like see where their money is going. So they really have to comb through and all every time, oh my God. I spend so much on online shopping, I had no idea. Oh my God, I spend mm-hmm. so much going out to eat, I had no idea. It's like, we just are so prone to throwing our money away not even realizing it. I mean, I still do it from time yeah. to time. Amazon Prime is a problem.
0: I saw your post not that long ago and it was about like, oh, did you know you can check like what your total Amazon spend is? And I was like, nope. Yes. Like, it's <laughs> Personally because, but
1: like I think, I think mine, because I looked up mine, mine was like,
0: Two fifty to three hundred
1: dollars a month, which honestly isn't that bad. I mean, that's no, that's not. Bad. Yeah, it's not horrible. I mean, I need to fix some of that. Some half of that shit I didn't need, but but yeah, like you just don't realize it. Like people think, like if I need to get out of debt, I need to do like, well, I need to make more money, and my life will change, right? But if you can't manage like the small amount of money or whatever amount you have now, having more money isn't going to fix it. Like you've got to figure out what is happening, and I think too you know, people always think, well, they hear budget, right? Because I help people learn how to budget. But all a budget is, is like a plan for your money. Like people hear budget and they like freak. Like I don't want to budget. Yeah. But budget doesn't mean you can't spend. Like if you like to wake up every morning and throw a $5 bill out your window for no reason (laughs) – you can do that, but it needs to be in your budget. Like it needs to be planned yes. ahead of time. Like because people think I'm going to tell them like you're never allowed to spend again. You know, you're never allowed mm-hmm. to spend money until this debt is gone or whatever. But but really it's it's about planning your money and how you want to plan it. Like I have a client right now, she doesn't have a lot of debt and her priority is not paying it off. That's not her priority. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're working on okay. Well, let's figure out how to save, and and we'll get into getting into paying it off as well. But like, it's not my job to tell somebody what their priority is with their money. It's my job right. to help
0: them figure out what goals they have and how we can get them there. I love that. That's and it's so it's more like lifestyle oriented and goals oriented versus like you know, like cut, 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 which I love. That's a really great way. Cause I think that's the thing that scares a lot of people and why they don't start. I know that's why I didn't start for years because I was like, Oh, I don't want to have to sit in my house and not be able to ever buy anything. (laughs) That was the image I had in my head at 25 of what debt repayment looked like. So (laughs) I think that that's like a really great way of looking at it. Like how can we like, change your money story and your money habits in order to get you closer to your goals. So, okay, what is the number one mistake you see people making with their personal finances?
1: Not planning their money, not having some type of budget is the number one. Because, again, you know, at the beginning, it's always a shock to people when they realize where their money's actually going. And like for me personally, that is what changed my mindset. Like that I, when I sat down and realized, you know, we complain that we can't move into this neighborhood, but we're literally throwing 600 minimum dollars mm-hmm. a month away on going out to eat. But we never realized it, right? So like Friday night, Mexican. 50 bucks easy. Yeah. We're drinkers too, so it's probably more than that, but we'll just keep it easy math for me right now. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday nice dinner, 100 bucks easy. Mm-hmm. Sunday brunch, another 50. That's $200 in the weekend. Not even cl- including the lunch that you're going to pick, you know, throughout the week, mm-hmm. and that adds up. That's that right there is $600 a month. You know, mm-hmm. and half the time I can think of you know, half of the restaurants that weren't even that good,
0: you know? And that's the issue, right? I was saying this to my husband the other day because I think it's always good to take another look and we're planning on moving all these things. So I'm like, we should see if we can like find extra money to put into like savings. And uh, you know, the thing that always gets me is when you spend money and you get nothing out of it. Like I never need to buy a wrap from McDonald's. I don't enjoy them or even like buying stuff on Amazon and then not returning things that don't fit because it's like. Oh, whatever. It was only $20. Okay, but five times over, which easily happens. Like that's significant. And I think it's all those little things sometimes that we just don't think about.
1: It absolutely is. Like people, again, they think that the big amount is going to be the issue. It's like, no, it's the little shit. Like, I don't know how many times people will find that they're paying for a subscription that they don't use of some sort.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and you have that up. That's like hundreds of dollars a year. Yeah, Yeah, I actually just went through my Apple subscriptions. And I check these periodically because you know how you'll sign up for a trial of an app to see I do that a lot because Mm -hmm. I'm constantly editing and all these kinds of things. So I'm always looking for the next best thing. And I try and go through them. And I'd forgotten to go through them for about a month. And I was like, Oh, there's like two of these subscriptions that were about to come out again in a couple days and I never opened the app after I downloaded it. <laughs> you know, being conscious of those right. things I think is is important.
1: Just knowing what's happening awareness, having clarity yeah. and yeah. just being aware of
0: what's going on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So when stylists kind of come to work with you, what is generally the driving force that leads them to leads them to want to get support in their personal finance journey?
1: They're tired of being broke and they have a goal that they feel like they can't accomplish. Whether it be moving, whether it be opening a salon, you know, they they have something that feels too hard to get to because they just feel broke all the time. Mm-hmm. And they just don't know where to start, you know, because, I mean, I don't, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't help people invest. I don't, you know, I don't create a business plan. Like I I am the start. I'm helping people do the thing, the small things that are going to make the big impact later in life. So it, yeah, they're just overwhelmed with where to start. I mean, think about it, you know, especially if, if it's a debt situation. I remember looking at ours and realizing, oh my God, we're $48,000 in debt and we don't know how that happened. You know, it was like five different credit cards and a car payment. And like, it, and it it's you just don't think about it as a whole but then again mm-hmm. you go oh my god like we paid ours off in exactly 2 years $48,000 in 2 years That's impressive. I mean that's a $20,000 raise we gave ourselves when we paid it off a year. Wow. You know and it's like but it doesn't have to be hard it can be easy. I know mm-hmm. in my situation, three months is when we were like, oh my God, we have way more money than we thought. You know, it, it took wow. three months for us really to like get in the groove of everything, which isn't that long, you know? So no, people hire me to help with that, to get in the groove. Because once
0: you've got it, yeah. you've got it forever, you know? Well, and when I hear like that number, the fact that you said just by paying off your debt you gave yourself a $20,000 a year raise, like, that's significant. That's like, I mean, I can't even explain the amount of difference that would make in most people's lives, you know, like, that's either a super fancy vacation a year, or you can literally probably buy your dream home by the time you add that to your current mortgage, like that is life changing.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what, and, you know, for us, it was the house that was our, our driving for, because you have to know your why through the whole thing. Yes. Right. Like that's the most important thing. Like for us, the why was we used to drive through this neighborhood and we would always say like, we can, we'll never be able to afford this neighborhood like that. We would say it all the time, like, mm-hmm. but drive through it. Just like, like, did we pick the wrong career? Say all these things. And then, like, once we realized, once we kind of got out of that mindset and realized that, like, we were self-sabotaging ourselves and all that, you know, $2,500 a month that we were putting towards shit we bought five years ago could be towards a mortgage, you know, for this neighborhood. That's – and now we're in this neighborhood. I fucking love my house so much. But it's just – it. and I personally think that when you start getting a hold of your finances and that way it leaks into everything else, like confidence yeah. is built on accomplishments and when you realize that you can do the thing that you never thought you could do. So like if somebody's listening to this and they just like are like, there's no way I can never pay off my debt in that much time mm-hmm. or I could never save that much money or never go to Italy or whatever and you actually start mm-hmm. believing you can and you start like taking the actions towards doing it, like – Okay, Uh, you. If you saved one hundred and ninety-seven dollars a week, you would have ten thousand dollars at the end of the year to go to Italy.
0: See, and that's the things that we never would break down for ourselves. Right. That, and I think that's the power of coaching and like having someone, kind of like take, take the journey alongside you, right? Because we always, and I think like the mindset thing, I. I'm so. It's one of those things. Like I always talk about. On the, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. So basically, like six years ago, I bought, and I've talked about this before, but I, t- I bought Your Badass, mm-hmm. and I was like, I opened the first page, and I was like, Ah, oh, this is bullshit, and I closed it, and I didn't pick it up again for like three more years because I just was so closed off to the idea that you know, I had the power. Like, I think it's so much easier to blame your circumstances and the amount of times Mm -hmm. that me and my husband in the past have said like, oh, the economy, like, you know, just all of these things that we want to blame for where we're at. And uh, it took me a while to get the courage to get through it because I knew that I had to. And I picked it up one day a couple years ago and I read it from like cover to cover in a matter of days. And I'm like, once I'm reading something, I'm literally carrying it around while I'm doing laundry. Like (laughs) I got through it super (laughs) fast. And just the mindset of taking that accountability and realizing, oh, I actually do have the power. And it's a matter of like getting my shit together and, you know, moving forward in an intentional way. And that applies to all of life. And I think especially money stories, like we, we tell ourselves all this stuff all the time about how we can't do this, or we'll never be that. And I think a lot of it is like, not, I'm not blaming parents. But I think like a lot of our money stories are there from when we're really young, right? So the world has changed a lot. And like, I think that's kind of what our parents had views on and what they were educated on maybe isn't necessarily the same as what we what we need to do now.
1: Yeah, well and I think a lot of times we just think that that whatever however we grew up like that's where we have to stay. You know, it's like whether there's guilt around, you know, moving to the nicer neighborhood or guilt around, you know, making a certain amount of money. I know for my husband and I and I still, I mean, I feel like going through your money journey is a never ending. Like it, you will go through it till the day that you die. And even now I still have blocks, you know, like in my mind, I'm like, well, I only need to make this much money. And, and I've been working the last month of like, no, like I can make more than that. Like, why am I only mm-hmm. thinking of this amount? And, you know, I think about growing up, right. And I think about like, well, If I make more than my parents or if I do the nicer things, you know, have nicer things, like is it going to make them feel bad? Is it going to – you know what I mean? Like there's like little shit that you don't even think about. I listened to a podcast recently that she was talking about how her dad would give her money and that was his like love language. And when she started making enough money to where he like didn't need to give her money, it almost like she felt guilty – because she wanted him to still feel good, although he was proud of her and all those mm-hmm. things. And I was, it's like, you have to really think about how did you grow up, right? Like when it comes to money, did you always see your parents fighting about money? Like has money, money always been negative? Did you have parents that would bitch about rich people? Rich people were bad. Yeah. You know, there's like so many different avenues and it's just, it's, It's just kind of interesting because I'm the same with the mindset thing too. Like it took me a long Mm -hmm. time. Like I've read – I read The Secret years ago like – but I always thought it was like just be positive, you know? Like I didn't understand that like you have to believe something before you even take it into action. So
0: Mm -hmm. like now
1: I'll even say like you have to believe that you can, you know, change your money story so that you can Mm -hmm. put it into
0: action and then you can turn that belief into your reality. Yes, absolutely. And I think for a lot of people too, and I know this was the case for me, like when I would think about like making money, especially as an independent, like once I went into business for myself several years ago, I just was like, you know, that concept of like, oh, if I can't manage a little bit of money, how am I going to manage a ton of money? Right. So I think sometimes people put up these blocks because they're almost scared to start being more successful because then they're like, what if I just spent it all? What if I owe like a ton of money in taxes? It's a little bit scary.
1: Well, and I think money is is attached to work too. So like if I make a million dollars, I'm gonna have to work so hard. But yeah. I think that the more you make, the more you can delegate out. You know? So actually mm-hmm. the more you make can actually be less work, you yeah, know? So absolutely. it's like it's again, it's just a mindset shift and and believing that that you're able to do those things and and taking action you yeah. know because it's not just the belief i mean i can lay in bed all day and want to be a millionaire but,
0: like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that aligned action that le- that you take because of your beliefs. And, you know, it's interesting because as you were talking to, I was thinking and I was like thinking back on, you know, a few years ago, like, we, like, my husband's a contractor and as a hairstylist, as you know, your income fluctuates. So we would definitely have years where there was like a $20,000 fluctuation. We didn't live any differently. So I think, like, until you address like the root of it, it's like you just expand and you're just mindless spending, just expends to spend more of your money. Right. Well, 2020 is what really like
1: so I stopped behind the I paused my career behind the chair because I might go back one day a week, but I paused my career behind the chair in September because the lockdown showed us that we could live on my husband's income. And I knew I wanted to coach and I knew it takes time because if anyone's listening and you want to coach, it's Not easy, you know. So I was like, wait a minute, we just lived on one income, we're fine. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do this. Let you know, let and I think once you realize that you have the mental capacity and the mental tools to be able to make those decisions, you know, you understanding what the decisions mean for your family, understanding what they mean for your finances, and all of that, like, you know, that can go it just can go so far and take you so many places.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think once you have a handle on your finances, and you have a handle on what you really want out of life, like, it's not always about making the decision that leads to the most money instantly, right? It's sometimes it's about like thinking big picture and about what living a rich life really looks like to you.
1: It's setting aside your short term comfort for your long term wins. Like, Ooh, that's so that's, what, good. that's one of my favorite quotes. I don't know who said that quote, but I say it all the time because it's so true. Like we are, we, especially hairstylists, instant gratification, mm-hmm. man, that's our jam. Like a client that walks 100%. in, we make them feel pretty. They hand us money. Everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. You know, Yeah, we're not used to <laughs> being patient. We're not used mm-hmm. to taking, you know, taking the steps and being patient and then having the big reward later. And, and really, like, I know as I get older, it, like, the patience, like, I mean, I started my money journey five years ago. It mm-hmm. took me five years to get out of debt, get in our dream neighborhood, quit my career to start a brand new career, and, like, we're mm-hmm. fine. Like,
0: yeah, you
1: know, if you would have asked me six years
0: ago if this would ever even have been an option, I would been like, what are you talking about? You yeah. know? Like <laughs> and that's a lot to change in 5 years. Like I think sometimes you overestimate what you can accomplish in a day, but you really underestimate what you can accomplish in a year. And Absolutely. I think that's so true. It is. So and true. And like whether or not whether or not you're working on something that time is going to pass anyway. So even if you just think about like okay, even if I'm working on debt and stuff, your interest payments are still going to go down immediately. Like everything is going to get easier, right? So yeah. I think that this is going to inspire a lot of people to kind of take a look at where their money is going. Because I know that this conversation has definitely made me want to take another look and be like, okay, where can I reallocate things to make to make it go even further, you know? So what is the first step, do you think? Like if someone's listening to this and they're like, you know, I just, like you said, I don't know where to start. What is the first step you would you would tell someone to take?
1: Sit down and pull out all of your statements, all your credit card statements, your bank statements, your everything, your loans, everything. Add up how much debt you have, and look at that number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at your A lot of times people will swipe their credit card and then they just pay the bill. They have no idea where what they've paid for. So pulling out your credit card bills and I like you can highlight highlight anything that wasn't a need. Highlight going out to eat, coffee. Target, like shit that isn't groceries and a roof over your head, essentially. Yeah. And just like see where your money is going. Like really look and see. I do have a like spreadsheet also. If you go to www.mistyjainewithay.com, there is a little free spreadsheet that can help too, but a highlighter and and your bank statements work just as good. So that is the first step because that – two things are going to happen. You're going to either realize that you're wasting so much money or you're going to realize that you have way more money than you thought. Like I had one girl, one of the girls that I coached, she paid off $5,500 after two weeks in the program because she sat down and combed through and realized, oh my God, like we have this much in savings. We're paying this much going Mm -hmm. out to, eat, you know, whatever. And like she just paid off a whole credit card, like, and it was gone. So, oh my God. that's the very first step is just see what the hell's yeah.
0: going on. You got to know where you're at before you where know you're where you're going. At. Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes, too, like, when it comes to anything, when you're taking a look at, like, whether it's finances or other parts of your life, like, there's almost like a low level stressor that comes from burying your head in the sand. You're trying to avoid that acute feeling of discomfort. So you just don't look, but you are carrying around this minor stress all the time, right? Self-reflection is hard. It is you know? hard. And and yeah, when it comes to money- yeah, it's
1: super hard when it comes, I mean, a lot of the, the first couple weeks with my coaching clients are the hardest and I tell them that ahead of time, like they feel shame. They feel, you know, like because they're looking and they're really seeing what's happening and, and they feel like they're blaming themselves before they didn't blame themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they blame the economy, they blame this, that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they start blaming themselves, which is fine. I say, feel it and then use mm-hmm. it as fuel to change it. You know, because I felt the same, you know, it's like we
0: did this to ourselves, but you can also change it. And you can change it a lot faster than you think. That's, yeah, that's really good advice too. Because I think sometimes we're just like, oh, this is going to take forever. And just knowing that you can make changes quickly. I have one last question for you. If you are in a like relationship or you have a partner or any of these things, what do you do if one person is really into the idea of self-reflection and getting out of things and the other person's still wanting to be in the denial zone a little bit. What advice would you give? Because I know that this is something that's going to come up for a lot of people instantly. Like, oh, I want to do this, but my partner's not supportive. What can people do in that situation?
1: Well, yes, this actually comes up often. So there's two two things I'm going to say on this. If you share your money with your significant other, figure out how to talk about it. You know, a lot of times there's like, well, you spent this or you spent like, there's like, you're like attacking the person. Mm-hmm. So they're automatically defensive and they automatically don't want to listen to you. So I think sitting down and really just chatting about, well, hey, what are your, what are your goals? Like, what do you want? Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what do you think that we could do to, to make that happen? You know, and, and do it in that way and find out what your partner wants as well. Because a lot of times one person in the relationship will, you know, well, you spent it on 7-Eleven every day and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. their 7-Eleven every day is, is your Starbucks every day that's important to you, you know? So mm-hmm. realizing that y'all aren't going to have the same things that are important to each other and that's okay and figuring out how to compromise on it financially. Now, if your finances are separate and it's the same kind of situation, I recommend just showing what you can do. Like you do it yeah, and then you show them like, look, because I made these changes, look, look at this now. Look at this debt gone or this in savings or this I bought or whatever. And then having the same kinds of conversations where it's not attacking. You, you just can't attack, you know? Somebody attacks me yeah. and I'll be like, fuck
0: you, I do what I want. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like that defensive, like it, the second we feel like we're being blamed or attacked for something, it just, It's never a good way to start the conversation. Exactly. And I've been married for like six years now and I've learned that the hard way for sure.
1: And having the conversation with your significant other about their past. You know, that's Mm -hmm. something my husband and I talk about often because he's always had this idea that like everything's going to be taken away from him. Like we can have money and nice things, but it it never feels like his. Like it always just feels like somebody's going to come and say, just kidding, You know, so like Mm -hmm. having those open conversations without, you know, again, attacking and and really just figuring out where they're coming from, it kind of helps, you know, you understand why things are happening the way that they are as well.
0: Yeah. Realizing that you're not the only one with weird money issues and weird money stories. Exactly. That's a really good point. That's awesome. So, okay, where can my listeners go to learn more about you and to connect with you further? So I live on
1: Instagram pretty much, Misty Jane with this J-A-Y-N-E. And then you can, I have a website, www.mistyjane.com. It's kind of a work in progress right now. And then I also have a podcast, Backroom Beauty Talks. That one isn't, necessarily money related. I talk about it sometimes, but that's kind of like yours where we I
0: just talk with people I like to talk to. And yeah, that's, that's all the places. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Misty. This was such a great conversation. Thank you for having me.